0: Here we go with episode 63 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. Here on the podcast, we try to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that make up Wichita's important business community. One of those issues, who's going to lead this state as governor for the next four years? We've been talking to candidates for Kansas governor the past few weeks. We're less than a week from the primary. We have heard from Democrats Josh Swati, Laura Kelly, and Carl Brewer also republicans ken seltzer jim barnett and independent greg orman this time it's republican secretary of state chris kobach my conversation with kobach in a moment first some details about the weekly edition of the wichita business journal on thursday we handed out the 2018 women in business awards 27 women honored for their career achievements their community involvement and their support of other women and we added three new names to our women in business hall of fame Congratulations, Jill Docking, Elizabeth King, and Cindy Carnahan. All their profiles in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal starting on page 7. This week's list Wichita area auto dealers ranked by units sold in 2017, page 34. We want to boost your sales. We can help with our leads section. It includes the latest building permits, new corporations, real estate transactions, who owes back taxes, new lawsuits. This week, it starts on page 39. Back in a moment with Republican candidate for governor, Chris Kobach. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Chris Kobach grew up in Topeka. He was elected to be Kansas Secretary of State in 2010. Kobach attended Harvard, earned a doctorate at Oxford, and got his law degree at Yale. He taught constitutional law at UMKC. Kobach chose as his running mate Wichita businessman and former candidate for governor, Wink Hartman. Welcome. Glad you're on the podcast.
1: Great to be with you.
0: How is it going on the campaign trail so far? It's
1: going really well, getting a, a good reception from the people of Kansas. Uh, of course, the polling also gives us an indicator, and we're leading in the polls of the Republican field right now, so we're happy about that. So I'd say it's going well.
0: What's your message for my listeners and readers, those men and women who own and lead medium to small-sized businesses in South Central Kansas.
1: Uh, My message is the Kobach-Hartman team is the one you want, Uh, and there are very clear distinctions between us and the other Republican candidates. Um, We are the only team that has signed the no tax increase pledge, which baffles me why the others haven't signed it. You would think Republicans would all be signing the no tax increase pledge. I mean, that's easy. That's a slam dunk. I won't increase your taxes. But we are going farther than that. We are saying not only that, we're going to roll back uh, your taxes. Kansas is the high tax state in the five-state area. And the only state that even comes close to us in having such high taxes is Nebraska. Um, And that's a real shame because small and medium-sized businesses are particularly punished by these high taxes. And adding insult to injury to the high taxes is the fact that many of your listeners may not know is we are also the high energy cost state in the five state area the average price for residential electricity in the in the numbers for for commercial electricity are roughly the same uh, is 13.4 cents per kilowatt hour in Kansas if you average the states around us it's 10.9 cents 13.4 to 10.9 that's almost a 25 cent 25 uh, percent difference and so How do you attract a small business or a medium-sized business to Kansas if they're thinking about do we want to locate in Kansas or Oklahoma when we have higher taxes and higher electricity? It's, it's a, a, a no-win situation, and, and we as leaders in Kansas have to recognize that taxes and energy costs affect the bottom line, and the governor can affect energy costs because the, because the governor appoints the Kansas Corporations Commission, and they have to approve every, every rate hike. So I am very focused on the problem we have right now in this state, and anyone who tells you that everything's great for small business in Kansas is not paying attention. Um, in 2017, we were one of only three states that had negative economic growth. One of only three states. The other two were Connecticut and Louisiana. Hey, that's that's not good. And looking at the numbers uh, for the first five months, or uh, I believe it for the March through May period of 2018, uh, we're still 41st in the country in economic growth. So we've got a problem here, and I am convinced that the problem is our high taxes and our high energy costs. Um, so the Kobach-Hartman team, we're gonna roll that back and we're gonna immediately attack the taxes. Uh, and the problem the Brownback administration had is when they they signed the tax cut in 2012, there we, we had three years with low taxes, 2012 to 2015, but they didn't cut spending. Right, The spending curve kept on going higher and higher. We set a new record in 2013 of $6.1 billion general fund. And then in uh, 2015, we set another record on top of that of $6.2 billion. And now it's even higher. It's almost $7 billion. Uh, if you're going to cut taxes, you got to cut spending. And that was a uh, failure of the Brownback Collier administration. We're not going to put the cart before the horse. We will cut spending immediately. And, and I mean that. You know, Even though we'll be in the middle of the fiscal year when we are sworn in, just because an agency has, let's just say, $100 million to spend, that doesn't mean they have to spend it. If the governor says, I am ordering you to spend $90 million or $80 million, less than the legislature gave you, they must follow my order. And so we're going to cut spending on day one.
0: Let's go through some industries in Kansas, obviously the most important ones, and and I want to get your thoughts on Mm -hmm. each one. First, let's talk about oil and gas. As governor, how do you help? uh, You talked about energy, but let's talk in the context of oil and gas uh, in in this area. Uh, What can you do to help those folks who are in the oil patch?
1: Well, let me say first, before answering the question directly, that my running mate, Wink Hartman, uh, is of course someone who has made his career uh, in oil. Hartman Oil is, I believe, the largest independent oil company in the state of Kansas. Uh, So I have someone at my right hand who is an oil man and we will be doing everything we can uh, to ensure that oil and gas uh, prosper and thrive in Kansas. You know, for the most part, that means getting the government out of the way, right? You get these onerous government restrictions. Like, for example, I've talked to uh, some uh, property owners who are, uh, you know, exploiting oil on their property, and, and you get uh, Kansas regulatory agencies uh, imposing ridiculous requirements about capping old wells and how you know, doing it in a way that's three times more expensive than they should be. Um, so the, we're going to get the Kansas regulatory agencies out of the way, first of all. And then secondly, we have to sometimes push back against the federal government. Now, thankfully, with the Trump administration in, they are of the drill baby drill mindset, which we are. Uh, But if, for example, something happens in 2020 and we end up with a uh, a more liberal administration in Washington, uh, then we may see the federal government once again doing ridiculous things, like the prairie chicken uh, uh, listing of that species as threatened under the Obama administration. That shut down drilling uh, in the western third of the state. that it had such a huge impact so one of the things I did was I drafted a bill that the legislature passed um, pushing back hard against the federal government saying hey look there's no authority here uh, to do what you're doing regarding this, this this listing of the prairie chicken it was ridiculous what they were doing so it's a, it's a combination of getting the government out of the way at the state level and if we see a federal government that is getting in our way then we have to fight back
0: let's talk about agriculture and this may be an area where you're maybe can between a rock and a hard place you support the trump administration obviously but tariffs and retaliatory tariffs are having an impact on kansas ag producers uh how do you as governor uh, help out those ag producers?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I think I might be the only, I know I'm the only candidate on the Republican side who's actually got a soybean crop in the field right now. We, <laughs> we have a small farm, we live on a small farm, and uh, we've got soybeans out there right now. And so as someone who potentially could see some adverse impact, uh, it, it affects my pocketbook. But I stand firmly with the president. I believe that at the end of the day, most Kansas farmers are with me on this. We want, we recognize that these countries around the world have been taking advantage of the United States for decades. And finally, we have a president who's willing to say, look, we we, we are all for free t- trade as long as it's reciprocal. If, if, if it's uneven, we're gonna do something mm-hmm. about it. And we're already starting to see results. You're starting to see the Europeans come around. I think you'll see the Chinese come around. So. It requires having a stiff upper lip and standing firmly beside the president, even though in your mind you might be worried. And and think of it this way. The president walks into a negotiation. If the party on the other side of the table realizes that the president is taking arrows in his back from his own team, then it it weakens his position. So I think we in Kansas need to stand strongly beside the president, even if it looks like there's a threat uh, that something could, could affect producers in the short term let's go ahead and stand firm and, uh, and call the other side's bluff. Um, and I'll say this, too. I'm not convinced that there is a, uh, a long-term threat to the incomes of, say, soybean producers in Kansas. Because let's talk about the Chinese. Uh, the Chinese, first of all, there's a huge demand for soybeans in China. Uh, it's not like they're going to stop consuming soybeans just because of this tariff dispute. So where do they go? They, they either pay a slightly higher price for American soybeans or they try to uh, replace them. Well, where can they look basically the only place they can look is australia and it doesn't appear that australia can automatically ramp up its production to cover the the difference so we may very well find that even if there the tariffs remain in place for a while on soybeans that it doesn't affect the total amount of american soybeans sold to china so you know there's a lot of people saying oh my goodness uh, the sky is falling well let's just stand firm for a while let's let president trump negotiate and i'm not even convinced that the sky will fall so That's my answer
0: aviation aerospace manufacturing they go together obviously very important to the folks in south central kansas how do you help that those industries
1: well you know those industries have been the bedrock of the kansas economy for so long and you know it's not just the wichita area Um, just uh, just the other day i was uh, touring mcfarland uh, aviation products uh just near baldwin city and that is, an, a, that is a company that is, you know, it, its lifeblood is its proximity to Wichita, uh-huh. which is of course the heart of, uh, of aviation in Kansas. They, they might be likened to the, the lungs of aviation. You know, they, they, they produce so many parts for the aviation industry located in Wichita. So it's not just, it's, it's all over Kansas. We, our state is so firmly connected to the aviation industry. So our statutes already uh, give aviation Uh, a few boosts, so to speak, to Mm -hmm. get off the ground. Um, We need to continue to do that to make sure that not in a way that privileges one company or or another, but simply privileges the field of aviation and says, look, we recognize that just like agriculture is absolutely essential to the Kansas economy, so too is aviation.
0: Healthcare, obviously, another area that is very important for the people of Kansas, not only in the uh, Wichita area where we're a, a medical hub, but also in those areas of western Kansas that may be underserved.
1: Yeah. With respect to health care, uh, the Kobach-Hartman team has put forward a proposal that I think will dramatically shift how we deliver can care services, Medicaid services in Kansas. Um, right now, the cost overruns are extreme, but there is a solution that the private market has already found, and that is direct primary care, also known as concierge medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing the savings that you can get in medical uh, With direct primary care, which many people in the Wichita area are already doing, Uh, You you take the insurance company out of most of the process and you just pay the the doctor directly 50 bucks a month and the doctor may have 400, 500, 600 people who do that and you have unlimited primary care access, unlimited uh, 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 access to your doctor and you get your medicines directly from him. And so you, and he is a wholesale uh, provider of medicine. And so he may be able to provide uh, for a penny a pill, what you would get from the insurance company at the pharmacy might cost you 10 cents a pill. And so as a result, people are getting better medicine, better access to their primary care physician and cheaper uh, prescriptions. The only place for the insurance company in direct primary care is for catastrophic or, or Uh very, you know, if you're in a car accident or something truly catastrophic happens, you have an insurance policy, a low-cost insurance policy uh, for those instances. But anyway, it's it's really been successful in Kansas, not just in Wichita, but all across the state. I think we should take the direct primary care model and move that to CanCare, or let can care use that model and uh if they, if you do that, uh we the projections are that we could see the three point one billion that we're currently spending on can care to serve four hundred thousand people, we could see that come down to less than one and a half billion to serve four hundred thousand people. So cutting the costs in half and giving them better service. So that's our big proposal on healthcare.
0: Education, school funding. What's your solution going forward?
1: Long-term solution is we've got to take the Supreme Court out of this. Look, the decision about how much to spend on schools needs to be made by our elected representatives. So you and I and everybody listening can Call a representative, write them a letter, say, here's what I want you to vote for, here's what I don't like. Right now, you get seven unelected justices telling the legislature how much to spend. They're twisting the Constitution. I used to teach constitutional law for 15 years. They, they have completely butchered the Kansas Constitution. Um, there's nothing that gives the, court of, the Supreme Court of Kansas the authority to decide how much money is spent per student in Kansas. Um, so the long-term solution is amend the Constitution to take the Supreme Court out of its... Current lane that it's in, and put it back in the judicial lane instead of acting like a super legislature. Shorter term solution. Uh, Wink and I have a proposal that 75 cents of every dollar needs to be spent in the classroom. Right now, it's closer to 53 cents out of every dollar. If you look at these skyrocketing costs, it's in administrators. Uh, the multiplication of administrators in the past 20 years, number of administrators has gone up 38 percent, but the only the number of teachers has only gone up 18 percent. So Why are we putting all this money in administration if the objective, we are told, by the Supreme Court and by people in the legislature is we want to increase performance in the classroom? The money's not getting to the classroom. You know, for example, one Wichita high school uh, now has 12 assistant principals. Look, when I graduated from high school back in 1984, uh, I only had one assistant principal, and I w- wasn't quite sure what that guy did. <laughs> I, I can't believe that any high school needs 12 assistant principals. It's, it's this multiplication of administrators. That is, I believe, not a good expenditure of money.
0: What do you see as the biggest challenge to success for Kansas businesses?
1: Uh, high taxes in yep. Kansas, absolutely, and, and then the high energy costs. Look, um, when you... You see this on the uh, Kansas-Missouri line in the Kansas City metro area. Whenever one side of the state line or the other cuts taxes, you see a migration of businesses across the state line. It happens every time. And right now, for a brief period there between 2012 and 2015, we were the low-tax state. Businesses were choosing, and there there were many newspaper articles about this, choosing to locate on the Kansas side. The Missouri legislature was complaining about this. They got smart, and they cut their taxes. And they just recently uh, just in the last month uh, signed another tax reduction bill taking their tax their top t- income tax rate down to 5.1% well below ours and surprise surprise businesses are choosing to locate in Missouri now in in the KC metro area same thing happens on the Oklahoma border but you know you don't have a big metro like that but all across the state if, if businesses have a choice to go to the tax-friendly state or the more tax hostile state which kansas is right now they're going to go to the tax-friendly state that's the biggest
0: barrier technology obviously is very important to business success how do you uh, help out not only those folks who were uh, running businesses in wichita but also in the rural parts of the state who need that access to that uh, that uh, high-speed internet You know,
1: high speed Internet is a is an issue, a big issue for a number of reasons, because if we have high speed Internet in the rural parts of the state that are losing population, you have a potential solution to the loss of population. And that is people can telecommute. They can they can be out there in Goodland or in Pratt or wherever, um, having a meeting with people in Wichita and in Kansas City or wherever. And, And so you you enable people to live out in the country where they may choose they may have family and they may want to live and it might be the sort of lifestyle they want Uh, but they can they can do so with high-speed Internet and the good news there is that there are technological solutions that are already out there in fact I was recently talking Uh, with someone who is a a part of a company that delivers this it's and I wish I had the IT knowledge to explain it directly but basically it's software driven uh, uh, high speed fiber uh, internet fiber and it's the the software driven is the part that I don't have enough expertise to explain uh, exactly but the bottom line is it's a way of getting um, high speed internet out there more cheaply than what was available just two years ago so the, the, the you know when there is demand the free market will eventually find someone who can meet that demand. And that's happening right now. So I'm very optimistic that rural Kansas will soon have high-speed internet.
0: Talk about why you chose Wink Hartman as your running mate. Wink, obviously, we're very familiar with him uh, in the Wichita area. You know, uh,
1: Wink is a person with amazing business acumen and and skill. Uh, not only does he have this long history in the oil industry, but of course there's Hartman Arena uh, in Wichita, and he also is someone who's been very success- successful in the restaurant business with Chester's Chop House, Jimmy's Egg uh, franchises. So he knows business. And the way I see it, the two key components of us cutting taxes in the Kobach-Hartman administration are number one, we're going to have Wink serve as the COO of Kansas. It's never been done before where you have the lieutenant governor actually charged with going into each agency as a sort of an outside consultant and sitting in that agency for one month, two months, three months, and coming up with a plan. Here are the things I think you should cut. Here are the things that are going well. Here are the parts of the agency that probably should be trimmed. uh, So he can cut spending in a way that brings his business experience to bear. The second uh, part of our Effort to cut spending is we're going to take advantage of demography. The baby boomers are retiring, and that's how I cut spending in my agency. Uh, we took the agency from 7.0 million million dollars a year down to 4.6 million dollars a year right now. That's a big cut, seven down to 4.6, and it was by when people retired we didn't hire people to fill the spots in in many instances. So you you try to see when someone leaves because they're retiring, you see if you can get by without filling that position. So between uh, Wink Hartman's expertise and looking for specific things to cut, specific programs that are not cost effective, and then the experience I've accumulated uh, in cutting the size of the Secretary of State's office, I think between the two of us, uh, we'll do a great job. And then of course the other reason I chose Wink as my running mate is he's a conservative like me. and that was one thing we were hearing on the campaign trail before we joined forces is you'd have conservatives out there saying well i really like chris kobach and gosh i like wink hartman too well now we're making it easy for him right. if, if someone is is has a conservative uh, way of looking at the world as we do uh, i think there's a very clear choice for him.
0: the trump effect you have li- aligned yourself closely with the president there's some debate these days about whether that's a good thing whether it's not such a good thing Obviously, you're comfortable with, uh, with aligning yourself with President Trump
1: very comfortable. I have been advising him ever since shortly after the New Hampshire primary on immigration policy, uh, election security, and other issues. Uh, So I have a a close relationship with the president. I know his son, Don Jr., very well. In fact, uh, Donald Trump Jr. came to Wichita just not too long ago. Um, So I I absolutely support the president. Um, I think he has done amazing things for the American economy already, and of course for us in in foreign policy and, and enforcing our immigration laws. So uh, I'm very comfortable standing side by side with the president. And speaking of immigration issues, uh, that's something that distinguishes the Kobach Hartman team from the others as well. I've spent the better part of the past 20 years fighting illegal immigration, both uh, within the Justice Department for a couple years under Attorney General Ashcroft, and then after that as an attorney, representing ICE agents who challenged the Obama administration, representing cities and states that are trying to stop illegal immigration. So I'm very familiar with what we can do at the state level and we'll be doing a lot we will end in-state tuition for legal aliens which Kansas has been doing for a while and that's absurd Uh, we will uh, have Kansas law enforcement cooperating more closely with ice Uh, I will immediately upon taking office sign an executive order uh, requiring all state agencies to use e-verify and all state contractors to use e-verify which means that you basically check on your computer to make sure someone is here legally or is a US citizen before you hire them. Look, our taxpayer dollars should not go to companies that are hiring illegal laborers when you've got another company that would be happy to build that road with American citizens doing the work. So we're going to do that. We're also going to stop giving welfare benefits to illegal aliens. That's another thing that Kansas does to the tune of $424 million a year if you look at all public benefits combined. So that's another area where I stand shoulder to shoulder with President Trump
0: the court case a few months ago, didn't go your way. Also had the contempt uh, a, a citation as well. Is that an area of vulnerability for you? Uh, I don't even think Even so. going into the general, if you make it through the primary?
1: I don't think so. So the contempt citation, it's, it's not criminal contempt like what you see on TV. It's, it's civil contempt, which is where one party... Tells the judge, we don't think the other guys complied fully. And here it was the ACLU, they sought the civil contempt order, and they claimed that the, uh, the, the, the state of Kansas didn't fully comply with the judge's order, not to get too far into the weeds, we did direct the counties to send two mailings to all affected voters in this particular case, and some of the counties did, like Sedgwick County did, uh, others did not, but at the end of the day, uh, we can only ask the counties to do it, not all counties necessarily uh, will will get around to complying on the schedule that the court wanted. So, the uh, case, though, is about our proof of citizenship law in Kansas, and that's one thing I promised in 2010 and I think voters know I keep my promises I said look I'm going to make Kansas the number one state in stopping voter fraud and a key component of that was we are one of the the four states now that require proof of citizenship to register to vote that is so essential uh, that a state make people prove they are citizens because there are so many aliens on our voter rolls many of them in Sedgwick County many of the ones that we've discovered and uh, the ACLU doesn't like that they don't like what I do on illegal immigration either I've I've said sparred with them in court all over the country. So we had a pretty good idea. We weren't going to win with this particular judge in district court. Uh, And both sides were planning to appeal to the Tenth Circuit no matter what. This was just stage one of a multi-stage case. So the case has been appealed to the Tenth Circuit. The contempt ruling has been appealed to the Tenth Circuit. Uh, I'm very optimistic at the end of the day we will win this case. And I also know that the people of Kansas want proof of citizenship. That's one of the reasons they elected me. And I'm going to continue pushing for it as governor. Hopefully my successor as secretary of state will stand uh,
0: in line on that issue as well not telling you anything you don't already know people have strong feelings about chris kobach both ways uh, as you go forward, is that a good thing or a bad thing for a gubernatorial candidate?
1: I actually think it's a good thing. Um, the reason people have strong feelings is I- I'm not someone who waffles and changes. You know, after we win this primary, you're not going to hear me saying a different, s- singing a different tune. Um, I do what I say I'm going to do. And so for people on the far left, they really don't like that. They would rather have a-, a governor who's trying to make everybody happy, who maybe they can change his mind, maybe they can get him to become more liberal. That's not me. So I think that, yes, there will be some people on the left who absolutely do not want to vote for me, and that's fine. They can vote for somebody who has a more big government, higher tax agenda, whatever they like. Um, but for people uh, who believe in small government, believe in lower taxes, and want someone who's going to fight for those things... <laughs> then I think they, you know, we see that in the polling too. They Not only do they favor me, they really favor me because they know I delivered last time around. So I don't think it's a problem that there are some people uh, who don't like what I would bring to Kansas because those people have a vision for Kansas that is wrong. They have a vision that likes our high taxes and thinks they should be even higher. And, and they are talking about raising our taxes more. I just disagree with
0: them. And if they don't
1: want to vote for me, that's okay.
0: What's left as you prepare for the primary? It's coming up in just a few days now. Uh, What's left?
1: Yeah, well, you know, at this point, we've got another 11 days to uh, persuade people at the time of this recording. Um, The main thing is just going out there and making sure that people who haven't made up their minds have the information in front of them. So as you're probably noticing there's a lot of uh, advertisement on the airwaves, there are a lot of mailers going out. And, you know, that's good because some people have said, look, I'm tired of political campaigns uh, that last a week and I'm I'm not going to pay attention until the final week. And so Uh we're making sure we get our cutting taxes message out there and some of the issues we haven't talked about. Um, Obviously, I'm pro-life, endorsed by Kansans for life, uh, as is the governor, and uh, the Second Amendment. There's no candidate in this race who is as much of a gun guy as I am. I'm a (laughs) lifelong hunter. part owner of a uh, rifle-making company, uh, and uh, someone who helped draft the Second Amendment Protection Act in Kansas. So I'm, I'm all about trying to ensure that we protect our right to keep and bear arms. My objective is that Kansas sometime becomes the number one state uh, in protecting gun rights under my administration, and I think we'll get there.
0: Secretary of State Chris Kobach running for governor. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Thanks for having me. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Now, we have been trying to schedule a podcast interview with Governor Jeff Collier before the primary. Neither he nor his people have returned our calls or our emails. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 63. Check out all the episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.